Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're in the building once again. You're in the building once again. Uh, Austin. Stricky. Does it sound that bad, bro? Is it all right? You're good. Okay. I just want to make sure, man. Here's the thing. You were such a talker on defense. It's just catching up with you now. That'll happen. You know, I always tell people the crazy thing about that is like, um, you know, they, they're they like, dang, Strick, you, you're kind of loud. And I'm like, well... When you had to yell in 17,000 fans, <laughs> you had to yell plays and communicate and get people to get to where they need to get to. You, Yeah, you got to have a little a little bass in your voice, you know? Okay, take me through that. Yeah. How loud is it actually on the court? Like, you can't <clears throat> just talk unless you're next to someone, or is it more yelling than talking? What, what's that dynamic like? Uh, different times depend. Like, the, the, the levels of playoff loudness is crazy. It is it is it is so sick how loud a building can get um, as you get into to playoff. Now, it depends on where you play, right? You play in Chicago, um, you know, obviously during the Bulls era, um, rowdy, very rowdy. Old Sacramento when they were really good, mm-hmm. bells ringing all over the place and just noise and people right up on you. And stadiums have changed, mm-hmm. like. L.A. Lakers fans in the old form, very bougie. Like, it's who's who. It's <laughs> it, it, Look, they have these little areas that you can walk. So it was like runway type stuff. People start strangeing down the, the <laughs> lane, you know, want to be seen. Um, that's, that doesn't happen at the newest crypto crypto arena now, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, Jack Nicholson's not yelling at you. Yeah, so you, you it just depends. New York. Uh, the the Madison Square Garden could be quite rowdy, both playing there as well. But then you could go into a stadium like Atlanta, and it literally be dead. Like it's like you're playing. <laughs> it's like you're playing in a high school gym. Like really, Hot it'd Atlanta, be like cold Atlanta. Cold Atlanta, not not it, yeah. It, it would be like eight thousand people in the in the gym, depending. Now, when we were the Knicks, we would we would actually have more fans than they did it, when we came there. It's crazy, but it just really did depend. Miami's kind of bougie too until they get into the playoffs. They're kind of they're kind of fickle. They show up like late. You can, you can drive your boat up to the freaking arena. It's kind of crazy like that. But mm-hmm. so those are some some different things. But you do you either, even even with just moderately loud, you've got to be very vocal because. It's such an expansive area of space that you have to be able to really be authoritative in your, you know, statements and voice. Is it harder to play in a raucous road arena or a dead road arena? Um, I like the raucous ones because there's nothing like making them go shh, quiet down. You like you like killing them, not having like to, them show up. Dead. You know, I, it, being an underdog dude, I always just love being the underdog of a situation, whether it's going into a gym. Um, that's why I love that Boston team that we had. It was just so scrappy, gritty. Just, you know, we just felt like we didn't give a dang about anybody and who their records were. And <laughs> we didn't care who they had on their team. It was just real, real gritty. So those were some fun times uh, to definitely be around on the team. One other question on the basketball before we do talk a little Husker football. How big a difference is it playing at home and on the road in the NBA? Because as I look at an NBA schedule, 
Like, if you're home, you're home for, what, two, three games at a time, max, and then you're out on the road again. Sometimes you're home for, you know, a game or two, and you're out. Like, I feel like if it's a home game, and I think of, like, college football or, or the NFL, you're at least there for a week, right? You're settled in, then you go on the road for a few days. But in the NBA, with as many games as they're playing, the way the schedule's set up, I feel like you're playing in the city with your name on the front of the jersey, not actually, like, at home. Yeah, I, I think I think being at home, it depends too. Location is 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 a big part of scheduling where you live. Um, being in the central part of the of the country makes it easier to schedule, get out, come back, shorter spans, mm-hmm. not necessarily having to be gone on long trips. The more you are on the coast, you have those longer segments of where you're you're more road bound. So you have to kind of be prepared for that. You can actually be on, you know, I think the longest was uh, almost like 14 days when I was in Vancouver, right? Mm-hmm. So you're talking about sometimes it, it, your location, being in Miami, they're going to have longer road trips when they go out west. You know, they're going to be out there. You just got to get prepared. You're going to be gone maybe a couple of weeks or a week and then come back and you're home for about three or four and then you're probably up the east coast and then you'll hit another swing out there where you're out there another seven days. So location determines a lot of that. <clears throat> but playing at home is always is always good. It's peaceful. Um, you know, I, I think it's harder for guys that are from the local areas more so than it is mm. guys that are, have commuted from a different area playing mm-hmm. in a new city. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot more pressure, I think for local guys. Did you feel any of that in college? I didn't. Um, any of your teammates that were from around I, here? I, I, I could say that there were probably, I, I could say, I could say Andy, had a lot of that pressure you know um dre dre did i what 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 took the pressure off of me uh when i was here at nebraska different to andy andy is very was very strong offensively i had a good combination but very more strong defensively so when i played i didn't have to rely this is why like for example when we played missouri right I could go off for 28 points in in that game, mm-hmm. but still be effective defensively, right? But I didn't have to score 28 points to still be effective because I was a good rebounder and I could defend anybody on that other team. Mm-hmm. So that what made me difference. And always defense took the pressure off of me because I didn't feel I had to do offensive stuff I can just allow offensive stuff to flow that's where a lot of things and a lot of pressure come on people now I'm going to be honest that could be a lot of reasons why some of these young men probably didn't come back I'm not going I'm not going to say there could be other things to it I'm not saying that that's the case but you got to think about it man even though I went to Bellevue West I grew up here I wasn't born here sure that's a difference right Mm -hmm. I'm a I'm a Nebraska kid right Point blank period because of the fact that you you I think your adolescence when you grow up in your adolescence your adolescence determines where you who you know where, where, you're, from, where you're from right mm-hmm. and that's what that is most of those guys they a lot of them were born here or have been here pretty much the majority of their lives and it and it does put a lot of pressure hmm. fascinating yeah I think it does I think even more now. I think even more, more now than when I was. A lot of, a lot of stuff was local. 
Okay. We didn't have super AAU circuits, and we didn't have social media. So unlike like this young man who who potentially could have messed up his career was making probably a couple million dollars a year with Puma, with um, just different brand deals, and just his YouTube page alone, Mikey Mikey uh, Williams. Mikey Williams. Mm-hmm. With that whole situation, look, we still don't know how. To, I, I still believe in the system of you're you're innocent until proven guilty a lot of us now in systems are guilty until you prove yourself to be innocent and then when you're innocent you got these little <laughs> you got these little things that come out well it's hard to get that reputation back it, it, because social media you're in you're, you're you're it's galvanized in the medias i mean in the uh the perception of the listeners mm-hmm. and it, those immediately who hear it, immediately mm-hmm. across the board right so that's where i think the pressure is even more now than it was even in my time. You mentioned the offense-defense kind of relationship there where you didn't have to score to be effective, where it was just kind of gravy. Yeah. Is it easier to learn how to become a good defender or learn how to be more aggressive on offense? Um, the aggressiveness of your offensive side is is um, it's inertly in you. It's in you, right? Um. You you learn defensive skills from grateful for Lanny Richards. Lanny Richards, uh, shout out to the Richards family, was like a second family to me, um, taught me the fundamentals of the game at an early age. That's what's been lost. The mm-hmm. fundamentals of the game have been lost, i.e., look at what happened with Phoenix. Phoenix last night, Offense, the Suns, last night's offense, and we're going to talk more about this in, in hour three, but I'm giving you an example in using them. Phoenix offense last night looked just like freaking AAU ball. And that's the problem. There's no development. Kids are not learning space. They're not learning how to do things defensively as far as help, recover, um, staying in passing lanes. Well, they, 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 they teach it, but they don't really train it and learn it that's what I had to learn I got to learn that that's what made me be able to come in and be big a freshman a year because I was able to know all of those fundamental structures understand spacing understand cutting understand just the basics of what fundamental basketball was Mm -hmm. right and then as you do that you begin to progress so I'm I'm very strong right hand dominant I need to come in with something with the left Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm real good with between the legs with a hesitation and go. I need to come in with a between the legs hesitation cross with a spin. I need to every year come back adding something to my repertoire. If you don't, you're going to get stagnated, and that's where that, that peak ceiling ends up coming because the scouting report eventually will catch up with you. And this is what you're seeing happen in playoff ball now mm-hmm. is scouting reports are catching up with some people. You know, i.e. Memphis, why they got ousted. (laughs) Is it – let me think about how I want to ask this question. When you look at adding offensive skill, like you did with with the Suns, they add Kevin Durant. Obviously, you add a great player. Again, we'll get into this more. But to your point about the offense looking like like doo-doo, is it easier to scout teams with all these stars because – they fall back into going one-on-one so often? You answer their own, your own question. Absolutely. Um, 
A default mechanism, it doesn't, care, it doesn't matter what sport it is, Austin. A default mechanism, it doesn't matter even if it is sports. It could be life. It's not even only re- relegated to sports. It's life. All of us at some point in our lives, we default or fall back to the most thing that we're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, for example, if I was a big time drug dealer if i was a big time you know uh career thief and i was a bank robber or whatever the case may be right Mm -hmm. my goal is to rehabilitate myself and to come out and become something better i always tell people that kind of got themselves caught up in those systems that take the system that you learn from and just come back and apply it in other areas because You've got a skill set of sales, of, you know, all these different things, of managing money, counting, you know, going to, you know, there's different areas that you can Critical use those thinking. things. Right, right. Um, so that's the part that if you're that type of guy, once things get tough, anytime things get hard, when, when, when you can't score, mm-hmm. when defenses start to lock you down, everybody starts to revert back to what's comfortable to them individually what's comfortable to kevin durant scoring scoring what's comfortable to devin booker scoring scoring what's comfortable to chris paul having the ball in his hands and not giving it up when he's on the court contrast that with denver Jokic's comfort zone isn't scoring Mm -hmm. he'll do it he's good at it but he's a passer yeah steph curry is the most ball dominant player on the warriors but he doesn't command it all the time right it's in draymond's hands it's in clay's hands and steph is moving those offenses seem so much harder to keep down longer than what the Suns are, even what the Nets were with KD and Kyrie. Yeah, I, I would even say this is how Cleveland was even unaffected because you have Darius mm. Garland and you also have Mitchell. Very ball-dominated guy. This is what's made Philly better because James Harden, old Houston James Harden, early on killed them. Mm-hmm with that lost stuff this is why you cannot win championships with russell westbrook it's just it's it's just why he's going to either shoot you out shoot you in and you're more times than not you're gonna get shot out out the club (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. um so that's 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 the problem with it and you can just go around the nba and look at it now i really thought without injuries a couple of teams looked really good and they had good balances of both defense good mixes of offense and other guys that can do something I thought New York had a little bit of that right Jalen Brunson doesn't have to be that type of guy um Randall all of those guys didn't have to be it I think um I think um I think actually Oklahoma City's in a good place Really? If they can find some pieces, they've got that kind of Gillis, you know, uh, Getty. Those type of guys, they, they, they really are willing to work together. But Gillis is a guy that, look, if I need to go, uh, you know, get buckets, mm-hmm. and I can. You know, um, who else? I think, I, think, I think Dallas is in trouble. Mm. Either way you cut it, if you keep Kyrie or you don't, I, I still think – until Luca's until Luca's mentality changes, until his his number of ball domination on everything Dallas is at, is below 
is at right now like 66% usage rates or something like that. Until mm-hmm. that gets down into maybe 55-ish, relax sometimes. You, the scouting ports is not going to – and you shooting jumpers is not going to affect – how you win games all the time. So that's where I think there's going to be a lot of problems to to keep an eye on with different teams. I want to ask you about Dallas and OKC real quick. Luca's obviously very good in the pick and roll. Yeah, He's been doing it since he was 16, you know, in the Spanish League. Now he's over in the NBA doing it. Is there a point of diminishing returns where, yes, he's really good at it, but at some point in your Jason Kidd, you have to open up the playbook and call something else? Yeah, and, and that's where I think there's a problem. I, I, I think their problem exists in that – they're so heavily analytical relied on the three. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody that they've signed, some oversigned when you're talking about some of their, their big men. I, I, I don't think they use Christian Wood as well as they should have. Um, he was probably one of the best back-to-back, uh, back-to-the-basket guys outside, can, can also mm-hmm. stretch you. Um, I, I, I don't think they used JaVale McGee the way that they could. They could have used him similarly to the way they used uh, Tyson Chandler. Mm-hmm. Uh, just yep. let him be a rim runner type of dude. Uh, but Lucas, at times, can get so ball dominant. Um, and then then you don't have those um, defensive guys that you used to have, and therefore Bullock. If Bullock is not hitting in guys like that, then they struggle. They're going to struggle. Um, they, I think they overpaid a couple of guys on that team, and it's going to probably come back to bite them. I think I think Powell is not – good hustle guy, good guy to have in the locker room, but they have nobody that can go get it. That's a problem. With Oklahoma City, I see not a one-to-one match with what Memphis was, but similar to where Memphis was a couple of years ago where they have so many interesting, intriguing young players – does Oklahoma City need to trade some of those guys for a star to put next to Shea, or are they good where they're at? See, that's the thing. I I, I love the spot that they're at. Um, they have they have a lot of different ways that they can go mm-hmm. because they have so many resources right now with trade with draft with draft picks. picks mm-hmm. tra- they've got so many things they could do. Really, it's about making a, uh, the right fit and doing it efficiently, right? Not overpaying somebody or, uh, you know, who who do you still have some upside with that may still be young? Um, you know, I, if you go out there and get somebody like a Dylan Brooks or somebody that's like a, a, a cancerous uh, piece that can kind of get implemented into your your team program, mm-hmm. um, similar to like the Matrix when they, you know, <laughs> downloaded some stuff into you. Yeah, you, you, your Matrix will fall apart. It's going to undo the, what, five years they've been working yeah, for Yeah, they've been working for this point. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they've got they've, – they're in a great spot. They're in a great spot. Um, they're similar to me to like um, Seattle. Like mm-hmm. I think Seattle's in a great spot. Right now, too. I mean, you didn't have to overpay a quarterback. Right. You've got your your wide receiver. Mm-hmm. You you can just start stacking. You know, if 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 offensive line is your problem, if if defensive is your problem, you need a cornerback. You actually got a lot of resources right now, and I and that's the best place I think to be. For sure. Want to play the shootout? Man, let's play. You won yesterday. I did. I got off the snide. Let's, let's put another one together. How about that? Yeah. Hopefully, we'll get somebody to come in and let's play. Let's do it. 402-464-5685. $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. Could be yours. Take on Strick and Trivia after this.